0: Welcome to the Solar O&M Insider, the first podcast series dedicated to solar PV operations, maintenance, and asset management. This series is brought to you by Electrice, a global solar asset care innovation firm. I'm Glenda Wiseman of Identity 3, your host. The Global Solar Energy Standardization Initiative, or SESI, was announced in June 2016 to spur worldwide solar development by standardizing contracts to streamline the finance, construction, and operation of solar projects. In this special multi-part series of the Solar O&M Insider, we are joined by leaders of this initiative and those involved with the O&M Workstream. Members of the Operations and Maintenance Workgroup are focused on the development of a solar O&M contract template to assist the industry in producing a streamlined, innovative document with risk balance for all executing parties. We are very pleased to welcome to this series, Sophie Dinigan, partner of Bird and & Bird and a SESI O&M work group leader, Bruce Douglas, Chief Operating Officer and Deputy CEO of Solar Power Europe and Chairman, Board of Directors of the Global Solar Council, Vasilis Papa Economu, Managing Director of Electrice and Solar Power Europe's O&M Task Force leader, and jean Pascal Famba, Secretary General and Spokesperson for the Terawatt Initiative. In this first episode, we are going to talk about the SESI initiative and standardization in general. Welcome to the show, all. So what is the Global Solar Energy Standardization Initiative? Uh, Maybe Jean, Pascal, and Bruce, you could give us both a brief introduction and explanation
1: uh yes um uh, maybe, maybe to give you a, a little bit of background uh on this uh, on this initiative uh it arose uh on the occasion of a discussion we had uh uh, a couple of years ago now, uh, in uh, in, uh, in uh, IRENA headquarters in Abu Dhabi, about how this question about how to scale up uh, the industry, the solar industry in this case, uh, at the at the at the scale which is necessary to achieve. Uh, the Sustainable Development Goals and the, the Paris Agreement Objective. It was uh, at, the, at the very beginning of uh, January 2016. Um, and uh, what we realized, uh, and I think it was the, uh, something that we we have uh, uh, witnessed uh, as, uh, our, I would say, a common thinking uh, in, in the industry generally, is basically that we will never uh, be able to achieve these goals If we continue to do uh, things the way we do uh, it uh, currently, Uh, and the reason why uh, that is uh, that uh, basically what uh, how the the way industry works is uh, is uh, mostly uh, uh, on the. Uh, a bespoke or craftsmanship manner, uh, where at each stage uh, of the contractual chain, uh, everyone is redoing and reinventing the wheel completely uh, each time. Uh, Maybe I'm a little exaggerating, but we are not far from that, and that generates a lot of cost of transaction, a lot of time of negotiation, and makes it really complex. And and, and moreover, it creates a lot of... uh, of uh, possibilities uh, in the risk allocation because it's uh, left to the, the the bargaining power of the parties uh, each time, and you go through a process, and at the end you have the banker who says no. By the way, uh, the way you allocate the risk uh, uh, during the, these two or three years of negotiations, uh, then uh, and process uh, then are not acceptable for us, and you have to redo everything, uh, and that's 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 a pity because uh, it's. The, the costs are, are quite kind of high, and they are applying also to small projects. Uh, so that means that uh, it would be much more efficient if you want to reach size uh, to have a standardized uh, set of documentation, which are uh, allocating the risk on a, a fair manner, and which has been which have been drafted in uh, in coordination with all the stakeholders, so that at the end you have a very simplified set of contracts which is fair, uh, and
2: uh, which uh, helps uh, the industry to go forward. Yeah, and maybe I can add on to that, uh, Jean-Pascal, it's um, Bruce Douglas from Solar Power Europe and Global Solar Council, um, that this mirrors what happens in, in other industries. And if you look at the offshore vessel industry, for example, or the construction industry, they already have a set of standard template contracts that they use to facilitate uh, projects lower transaction costs and uh, and simplify the whole process. So th- this is not new in uh, in general in the industry, it's just new to solar power. And uh, as Jean-Pascal says, it will dramatically uh, increase the time of transaction, the simplicity of the projects and, uh, and help lower the costs. Um, this especially in emerging markets. So imagine in, in Africa and in Southeast Asia, uh, entering a new market each time with a new contract um, adds significant cost and complexity. This will help with that um, initially the the idea is to have an open source set of documents um, and also that they're optional uh, as the industry uh, takes these up, it will become more and more mandatory uh, to to use them and um, so that was the idea behind it.
0: And if I'm correct, um, there's seven there's seven core contracts, is that correct? Within the yes. within the globe within the SESI um initiative.
1: Absolutely. Uh the idea is really uh to have uh, an integrated vision of the contract uh, value chain. As I said before, uh a project, a solo project, uh solar asset is the result of a chain of contracts. Uh, and uh, and if you only uh, work on one, uh, you don't uh, solve the problem at all, uh, because you are reporting on the others, uh, the burden uh, of the of, of what you have done. Uh, so that requires to have an integrated vision uh, of of the contract contractual value value chain, and that's the reason why we we decided to start uh, to to propose and to offer uh, 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 a complete a uh, suite uh, of standardized contracts, starting uh, with the development phase, uh, then the supply, fit uh, and commissioning, PPA, uh, OEM, um, facility agreement, and implementation agreement.
0: Okay, so that gives us a context then for all of the contract templates that are within this initiative's work. They're called work groups or work streams. Um, yep. And one of those that we're going to talk about, we're, going to, we're drilling down in this series of episodes with the Solar ONM Insider is, of course, the operations and maintenance aspect of it. And so we have two uh, guests that are uh, intimately involved with all of that. Sophie Dinigan and Vasily's Papa Economou. So if you two could just tell us a little bit about the goal of the O&M group and how does it differ a little bit, how does it differ or work together with the existing Solar Power Europe O&M Task Force?
3: Yeah, I was, I was waiting for Sophie, as always, ladies first, but, uh, you know, I can, I can, I can start <laughs> just to change the rules here. <laughs> uh, well, um, the nice thing about the uh, O&M work stream uh, in this initiative is that uh, w- we inherited a lot of um, work done uh, already in Solar Power Europe, in the framework of the best practices uh, guidelines workforce. So um, our contribution uh, was more on the technical and operational perspective, uh, where Bird and Bird actually is contributing from the legal uh, perspective. Uh, so on our end, uh, we, as, as you probably already know, we have started in Solar Power Europe an initiative about um, one and a half, two years ago, drafting these best practices documents. And uh, once we uh, actually got engaged in the work stream, the OM work stream, uh, uh, the SESI uh, work stream, uh, we, most of the recommendations that we made were based on the best practices that were discussed uh, prior to that. Uh, of course, that was not the only input that, that we used, there was a lot of discussion. Uh, also, uh, with Jean-Pascal, we had a lot of interaction about this subject. And um, so what we eventually, uh, the point that we eventually reached is uh, we aligned these two documents together because there were additional considerations that, uh, you know, needed to be integrated in the standard documents, And we aligned, uh, consequently, also the best practices document that we have, um, drafted uh, in Solar Power Europe and we're going to be soon releasing the the second version. Um, so our contribution, uh, if I may say our, uh, not talking on behalf of Solar Power Europe of course, but as the leader of this of this task force, was to um, uh, concentrate the, uh, the knowledge and the experience that we have gained uh, throughout the years as European players uh, and uh, you know consulting our members of the task force and, and putting all this knowledge uh, to to draft a, a standard document as required by the SESI initiative. And that was the part of our contribution. and of course, this needed to be wrapped with the legal uh, in the legal context uh, uh, along with the guidelines given by SESI and, of course, with the help with uh, burden & and, and Sophie as well.
4: Yeah, I think it's um, uh, what you mentioned, Vasilis. It's, uh, it's um, uh, especially feeding on uh, um, uh, market parties' um, uh, uh, years of experience and best practices that have been developed on both the technical side but also uh, on the commercial side and then um, as lawyers you have the, the 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 nice task to put it all into uh, uh, good documents um um as jean pascal mentioned it it's a suite of documents um which then need to be um adjusted to uh, uh, to fit together and and need to be interlinked so that they also work um uh, as 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 a project package so to say in order to um uh to come to the point where you limit the, the, or reduce even uh, the project development costs. Yeah,
3: so, one point I wanted to mention uh, sorry Glenn, just, just one sentence uh, just to, to clarify that the, the purpose of I think uh, all the initiative but uh, uh, more specifically from the O&M uh, work stream is not simply to have a standard document. I mean it's not uh, the ultimate goal just to have a nice document to look at. Um, The the purpose there, and I believe it's the purpose of all the seven work streams, is to have a standard document which is serving the needs of the market. And by that, I mean uh, what actually uh, Jean-Pascal mentioned in the the beginning of this episode is to uh, have a fair balance of risk uh, and uh, lower the costs, and if I may add to that, some, you know, uh, referring also to some discussions that we were having uh, also uh, with Jean-Pascal, is how to standardize the o in a way that um, uh, it opens up the market and makes the switch uh, between o m providers easier for the asset owners. Um, because one of the experiences that we have gained, especially in Europe in the last years, is that the contracts were written in such a way that um, the switch of an ONM contractor uh, was made extremely difficult, and, uh, just for contractual reasons alone. So it was not, was not really based on the actual quality provided or even pricing. So there was a, a lot of change management required, which was a, a pure, let's say, contractual thing. It was nothing to do. Uh, with the actual performance and and the interests of all parties. So one of the things that we really struggled, and I think we actually found a very nice solution, and I I think we should be proud of that, is to have a standard document which actually makes such mobility, if I can use this word, easier, uh, so that the market, the owner market can evolve on a quality basis and not on complex legal structures, contractual commitments to change uh, O&M contractors' other parameters. Uh, and that was a thing that is something that is, is really valuable uh, um, because it's actually based on the experience that we've gained all these years. And I think we found a way uh, to, um, to have a contractual arrangement to do that. Uh, without increasing the risks for the parties.
1: Yeah, uh, if uh, Jean-Pascal is if I may add to that, I think that w- what Vasily just mentioned is uh, absolutely right. And one of the key issues uh, along uh, with uh, this standardization initiative, in particular with the OAM, <laughs> you, you t- talked about uh, mobility, but more generally, I think it, it's about liquidity um we need to liquefy the market uh make it really simple to uh to 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 address for every each of the stakeholders at each uh, level uh so that at the end you can have standardized products that themselves fit into uh, a liquid financial market and because that uh, at the, the the end game is to to, to be able to finance uh, these assets uh, at uh, the lowest cost possible in order to have the lowest cost possible of electricity, for especially for developing and emerging countries uh, who need that uh, very, very much. Uh, and, uh, and, and the liquidity uh, uh, of all the system in, uh, based on, on the standardization and uh, the liquidity of each contract is to
0: that. And I, I think that Bruce brought up a, a, an interesting point earlier, which was the fact that all established industries or most of them have standardized processes and documents and ways and, uh, and standards that they are operating from And the solar industry is now working on this globally, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how does, how does the SESI initiative differ from some of those other, um, global standardization efforts that are happening right now Jean Pascal
1: um well, there's two two, two sides uh, to to the answer. The first is uh, there are there are uh, uh, some initiatives uh, uh, of standardization of, uh, of only part uh, of the of the contractual chain, and, and without an integrated vision of the contractual chain. And in this case, uh, the very difference is obvious: is the fact that uh, the the CSI the SCC uh, initiative is is really integrated and, and as, as uh, Sophie mentioned uh, earlier we need to have at each step an understanding uh, of how works the other parts of the chain and how it's consistent and coherent in order to, to reduce uh, all the leakages and all the, all the, all the problems uh, uh, arising from the disvalued chain. Uh, and the second difference between, with other initiatives trying to uh, standardize globally, uh, which are not very numerous, uh, to my knowledge, uh, is the fact that the, what we are doing is not a proprietary uh, initiative we don't uh, develop uh, a standardization chain of contracts for uh, the the only usage of uh, uh, of uh, of of the members uh, for instance uh, but uh, for everyone and that's that's why uh, as uh, Bruce mentioned uh, we we think it it's absolutely crucial that uh, these contracts are 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 uh, open sourced uh, so they will be basically given uh, to the market, so that the market can uh, use them properly.
2: Yeah, I will just add to that as well, um, Jean-Pascal, onto the, the the crucial fact that it's open source and um, and that it's an integrated approach. Two additional items: one is that it's it's these uh, contracts are being uh, put together by the the leading legal firms operational in solar power development globally for example sophie's organization bird and bird um but also um these contracts are going out to consultation to to our members who are the the leading solar developers in the world um for example uh and other um solar power uh, developers around the world for their feedback So it is really a very comprehensive process we're going through in order to get the best legal uh, and solar industry minds uh, all coming to a consensus view on what should be or should not be included in these contracts. I think that's the powerful uh, element to it it's being supported by industry and by the the league the, the legal firms so
4: maybe yeah, and can... in addition to add to that it, it is um uh, um thanks for your kind words Bruce but it is also important that 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 all parties are aware of of, of what's at stake here and and what are what what is the appropriate uh, balance of risk and that the, the risk lie with the appropriate party the contract and also that not um uh, after um personal Lot of time to negotiate uh, all the relevant contracts. That, uh, for example, the financing banks uh, um, stop the whole project uh, at the end of the negotiations. So it, it, it is also to create a certain time frame whereby all parties are aware of the steps that need to be taken and that certain issues that are critical in the path that are being that these are being addressed. Early stages and and um, if the work if the contracts work perfect then then they should not be addressed um, uh, uh, at a high level because then the contracts already take that into account
0: so how how do you all feel about um, the industry's sense of the need for standardization do you do you do you all I'd like to have you all address this. Do you think the industry sees the need for this standard? These kinds of standardization efforts, um, and if not, why don't they see it? And how could we? How how can we help them understand?
3: Well, I think actually we have all sorts of reactions. If I can, you know, explain today the experience that I have so far in various events. There are either very positive reactions, like people uh, were waiting for that for a long time, and uh, that's very, uh, very nice to see. Uh, but we also have, or I'm receiving at least uh, the exact opposite reactions, meaning like, uh, why should we need that? No one is going to tell me how, how I'm going to do my job, uh, and this is this is something I find really astonishing because standardization, as as also Bruce said in the beginning is not something that we have invented. I mean, it's, it's probably we are one of the industries that are a bit lagging in that respect. So, standardization is, is really standard for other industries and it's, it's not something uncommon. Um, I do believe that the, the solar industry um, should have started these initiatives earlier, but no, uh, better late than never, we are there. So I'm 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 always surprised to see some uh, some parties that are reacting uh, very cautiously and very reserved on that uh, with the argument no one, no one can prescribe how I'm going to do my ONM or what I expect from the ONM. Um, it's not it's not a huge percentage of are reacting like that, but we still or I still see uh, such reactions. Uh, so I do feel that there is some need of clarification what standardization is about and what it is good for in the industry as as a first step. Um, And so, I think think in the dissemination process or in the process of engaging uh, more and more parties in the industry, um, we should probably explain the obvious, where other industries have done that uh, probably decades ago even, Uh, that standardization is not actually showing you how you do every single thing every day. It just gives you the guidance uh, it standardizes the framework uh, in, in which framework all the parties should operate. Um, so, I don't know if anyone has a better explanation in just the sentences than this one, but uh, um, wh- wh- when I get the questions, in, and, I, and I got it in a couple of events, I always try to explain these using the example of the ISO 9000, for example, uh, which is a, a global standard which is used by all sorts of companies and uh, it's adopted by all sorts of companies so it doesn't it doesn't prescribe how you run your own company but it does describe the general requirements and rules of achieving a certain quality level uh and you know i think when when someone uses this example with some uh, so well-known standards people are starting to really to understand what standardization in the solar industry after all means uh, but we do, or I do see the reactions, um, you know, the positive ones, which is the huge percentage. But there are some cases, even for large firms, I need to say, uh, that they, they are very cautious uh, as, a, as a first step uh, before they actually get that explained. I don't know what the, uh, the experience of the other parties on the call here today is, but, uh, you know, from my perspective, I've seen both reactions so far
1: uh well um on my side of us, uh speaking um uh, i must say that uh on the standard, the general concept of standardization i almost only uh have uh, uh positive f- feedbacks um uh, it's uh it's it's a need uh, that the the most of the people in the market feel and especially because they have a sense of uh, of urgency and also the sense of competition uh yes people some people uh, generally is those who are uh, living on the inefficiencies of the market uh like uh, to have uh, inefficient markets but most of the others see that if you have standardization, standardized documentation, you tremendously reduce the cost of transactions over, over a deal. You can also contemplate uh, upfront what will be the cost. But so it means you can be more aggressive bidders in uh, when you are a developer uh, in, the, in the bids. Uh, so offering a lower cost of electricity, which is precisely what the governments uh, are awaiting. Are uh, for uh, and what is needed to accelerate the energy transition, uh, and uh, and those uh, players who will uh, use the standard, the uh, standardised documentation, sorry, uh, will uh, have more chances to win, uh, and, and a lot of people realize that. So maybe someone wants to do differently, and some people, uh, when the, the the cars were invented, were still thinking that they were a better. Uh, uh, horse riders, uh, and that was uh, the best way to, to, to travel. But at the end, uh, In a few in few years, there was no more horses and carts uh, in the streets of uh, of New York, but only cars.
4: Yeah, and I think also, um, uh, given uh, all the sustainable targets and and all the sustainable goals that we're all working to, given that the standardization of the contract package. Uh, should stimulate the, the 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 solar market the, the solar market and, and the development of solar project it it is um uh, in a way almost something that we owe to the world or to the environment to make sure um that we uh, um develop soil projects at the lowest cost possible and i think the standardized contracts given that these are based on on years of experience and 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 address a a fair balance of risk um i i I would um doubt that anyone can argue against that
2: yeah i mean i i fully agree with all the comments i mean when we've reached out to our members and we represent um, more than 300 organizations globally active in the solar solar space. Um, We've received nothing but positive uh, positive feedback on it. Um, some are more active than others in terms of contributing to it and providing feedback. But, but there's no one who said they won't use it once it's
0: uh, once it's out there. Excellent. Well, let's talk a little bit about the stage, uh, Jean-Pascal. If you could address for us um, what stage the SE program is in and what are the next steps.
1: Uh, certainly um, so what uh, the, this initiative has been officially launched uh, in uh, Munich in uh, June 2016 uh, and uh, we set up the, the work streams uh, at this time and then the the, 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 the teams in each work streams uh, and the management team, uh, the project management team uh, in uh, Arena and Terawat, uh, have been uh, working very, very hard. Uh, first of all, uh, to uh, define what were the assumptions, the context, and 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 the uh, and, uh, and the and the baselines, uh, basic uh, lines of of, uh, of of the allocation of risk. that. Was needed to be to be to be done across across the contractual value chain, and that has, has taken uh, kind of uh, a more more than a year uh, because it's uh, probably the, the most important part of it. It it's, it was really about rethinking completely the way uh, these contracts were done. Uh, it being reminded that. Most of these contracts are basically the copy-paste and adapt uh, from uh, the 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 project, uh, big project, uh, oil and gas in particular industry, uh, and are not really adapted uh, to what solar is so there was really a, a rethinking uh, of, of it tried to get rid of everything that was unnecessary or was the the, the result of a historical uh, uh sedimentation which uh which everybody uh, drafted but no one really understood why it was still there uh and uh and and that led to uh um, uh, a workshop we had uh, with, uh, at the beginning uh, of, of the summer this year uh, to 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 start the second phase which is the drafting phase. In the meantime, we have added some work streams which are transversal uh, linked to the applicable law or to the force majeure issues or all the drafting principles. Uh, but uh, now we are in the drafting uh, in the drafting uh, part uh, of the of the of the exercise, which uh, is uh, is uh, conceptually uh, less complex, but which it, it takes time because it, it it's important to have a very consistent, very well drafted documentation so that it's very clear and there's a as as. Uh, little room for interpretation as possible, uh, because the, the the purpose also of that is to avoid as much as possible uh, litigation, uh, and uh, we are uh, planning to uh, to showcase uh, the the suite uh, uh, in the first instance uh, at COP23 uh, next month in uh, in in Bonn in Germany. And and uh, and finalize. Uh, get some feedbacks uh, from from the from the, the stakeholders uh, uh, of, uh, on the larger on the broader broader side, because we also will be able to talk about that to uh, NGOs and governments, um, especially on the PPA side, which is one of the. For a key issue uh, where the interface with the government is, is really important, and then uh, bring that to the Irina, uh, to the Irina General Assembly in uh, in January, uh, where we expect the the, the, the governments to, uh, to 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 sign off uh, that as uh, 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 acceptable and, and recommendable. Uh, uh, street uh, uh, standardized contracts uh, which help uh, the achievement of the
2: of the goals.
0: And Sophie, where are we at with the O&M contract template? What process stage are we in with that particular one?
4: Um, We have been uh, working for a couple of months on uh, uh, drafting uh, the term sheet. The term sheet uh, has been agreed over the summer and is now uh, being finalized into a draft agreement. Um, That agreement um, uh, is at the moment uh, uh, being... standardized in terms of, as Jean-Pascal says, force majeure clauses, which should be identical across the, the whole suite of contracts in order to make sure that the contracts do not conflict with each other. Uh, that is quite important. Um, after that, we will work together with the other work streams of the other standard uh, standard agreements in order to, um, to achieve one solid standard package of uh, different agreements. Um, which will then which will then be sent to uh, market parties such as banks developers contractors uh, and the, the the members uh, for consultation um, although we already have these parties gathered in the work streams and they are providing input it is also important to seek um, uh, consensus uh, with the actual market um, that will probably um, uh, uh, lead to some further minor changes. But then uh, it goes to, um, as, as Jean-Pascal mentions, to COP 23, um, where it's presented. Um, and then uh, in January, hopefully signed off by the government.
0: So it, it seems to me when I when I think about the fact that we are in a year of the world's worst natural disasters, and we have consensus across the globe um, that we need to address this, that the SESI contracts have have the potential to move, to take the friction out of the market, to move massive amounts of money into investment for solar to actually resolve and address these issues. Am I seeing that correctly, Jean pascal
1: um, Yes. You are, and uh, and, uh, and and I really agree on the fact that there is a, an incredible momentum. Uh, but I would like, at this point, to to point out that uh, standardization itself is uh, a, a, a crucial part, but only a part uh, of a, a more uh, comprehensive approach. Uh, which uh, terawatt uh, has developed uh, since uh, since uh, three years now um, it, it's it's not only about the contracts and the contracts are very important that mostly are uh, um, managing the private Parties' relation, except for the BPA um, and the um, the implementation agreement, Uh, but uh, also it's about the regulation uh, and and uh, and uh, it's uh, in order to accelerate the development uh, uh, of a new project and to accelerate the market, uh, the the governments themselves need uh, to. Uh, To do exactly what the private parties have have done with the contractual contractual, uh, standardization is really to to try to set uh, common rules uh, which will help and facilitate the acceleration of the market. And uh, there is also the risking, the uh, risking mm-hmm. side of it, because especially in the countries where you don't have hard currencies, uh, uh, and which they are the low and income, low and middle income countries uh you 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 still are uh, facing uh some some risks which are, can't be addressed neither by the regulation nor by the contract which are linked to the to, to to the to the to the economic uh situation and and uh that's that's what we are we are also pushing uh, this year And together with standardization, together with uh, harmonization of regulation, uh, this uh, can really uh, change uh, completely uh, the organization of the market and the size of the market. Uh, I just want here to remind something. If we are really serious about the Paris Agreement uh, objectives uh, and just in solar PV, our calculation is uh, that we will, need, we will need to have installed capacity of 2.5 terawatt by 2025. Uh, that means that uh, uh, starting from now, we should be investing every day $750 million dollars uh, per day, uh, which we are not able to do currently because of this situation of uh, un- un- not standardised contract, uh, unharmonized regulation, and not uh, and no uh, and highly risky uh, financial uh, back, um, environment. Uh, we need to tackle all three at the same time, and 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 it won't work without the standardisation, but the standardisation itself. Will not do everything. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a global uh, and holistic approach that, that we need to, 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 to bring. And by the end of this year, there will be, after COP23, two major events. There will be one is the summit uh, the, of the International Solar Alliance in Delhi on the 8th and 9th of uh, December, and uh, the Climate Summit uh, in Paris uh, on the 12th of December. And the, the Indian and French leadership of these uh, of these uh, events uh, and summits are also uh, trying to push uh, the agenda uh, to to help uh, this this process of harmonisation, standardisation, de-risking, uh, to to grow together and make, make the difference.
0: Thank you, listeners, for joining us for this special episode of the Solar O&M Insider, dedicated to the O&M standardization efforts by Solar Power Europe and the Global Solar Energy Standardization Initiative. I'm Glenna Wiseman of Identity 3. The Solar O&M Inside podcast series is brought to you by Electrice at electrice.com.